Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is September uh, 27th, and it's a Friday. And uh, we were supposed to get uh, snow where I am, but we didn't. Um, but we have a lot to talk about. It's Friday. Oh, my gosh. And it happened all yesterday and Wednesday, and it was purposeful, and it was glorious. And uh, you know what I like watching is that all these people that are supposedly an analysts, all these people that are on your television set, both conservative and leftists are trying to make sense of uh, this whistleblower complaint, where it came from, how it came from, what it was doing, what it's not doing. And uh, everyone's missing the point. And everyone's asking the question, why is it that they decided to put this out now and everyone's saying, oh, it's the UN. It's not. It's totally not. And we'll analyze this and talk about this throughout uh, the show today. Uh, I put out a tweet this morning and I said, Daniel Jones is the author of this complaint. Daniel J. Jones is the author of this complaint. And, you know, people don't know who Daniel Jones is. People don't know that, you know, the bottom line is, is that, Biden has been under criminal investigations since 2017. And Biden's name actually didn't come up until the beginning of 2018 as we were investigating this Russia collusion. And uh, this is the problem, that the facts are not getting out there on both ends of the spectrum. It's as if, you know, they take away certain points of where we can uh, share information Mm, uh, people are being silenced online. Uh, YouTube is demonetizing, throttling, uh, you know, HN board was shut down and suddenly everyone is depending on these right, uh, conservative outlets to tell them the truth. And like I've said, it's all about dropping the right information. And I'm so glad that John Solomon finally dropped a few of the documents. And those documents have been around, uh, you know, in foreign media because sometimes, uh, you know, putting out information that may be classified or that may not be available to the mainstream uh, is better when it's um, dropped, you know, in another country. And you expect that really good investigative journalists will find it and report on it. And then you can sit and say, well, Tori, why didn't you? And it's like, well, you know, maybe because I was waiting for someone else for reasons. <laughs> um but the hints have always been there. And uh, the German outlets had uh, pushed and prodded uh, this information uh, since 2018 when they found it in their purview. So here is where we need to like analyze this complaint, talk a little bit more about what happened. But we need to talk about Victoria Newland and her assistant that loves Etsy. She actually has an Etsy page and sells a lot of like earrings and stackable rings. And it's like, why would someone that has parlay with George Soros have an Etsy page? I'm just asking. Why would someone that has parlay with George Soros have an Etsy page? Just saying. Selling rings, loving the rings. So that's the, the, the thing that people don't seem to understand. It's, it's mind boggling. Like, why would you be selling Etsy rings? But we'll, 
We'll get back to that. So this collusion delusion 2.0 that they're bringing up is well demonstrated in one short clip, simple short clip that I'm going to play from you from CNN that aired yesterday. It is very important that we listen to the words being used and what is being pushed forward and how credible the person talking is, because this will tell you everything you need to know. And I'm going to tell you in one word, in a critical moment for the Trump president, I'm going to tell you in one word, no, not one word, one phrase. Why now? And I'm going to tell you why, because they want to show that they're still in control. They want to tell the world, we're still in charge. Listen to us. We're still in charge. Listen to us. Take a listen. Presidency, after a whistleblower complaint alleges the president tried to get a foreign power to interfere with an election, and the White House tried covering that up. With me now is CNN political analyst Carl Bernstein. He, of course, won a Pulitzer Prize for his reporting on President Nixon's Watergate scandal. And, and Carl, let me add to all of the flurry of news today and that, that the New York Times is also now reporting that the president wants to know who spoke with this whistleblower. And then in front of this audience this morning, he, he threatened, uh, you know, officials, U.S. diplomats, you know, reminding them whoever did talk is a spy and then mentioned treason and what the penalty for treason is. Your response, sir. That today is a historic day because we're seeing both in real time with the president's remarks uh, and also through documentary evidence his corruption, certainly in terms of what he's tried to do to undermine the free electoral process in this country. We see his temperament uh, in an extreme perhaps even greater than we've ever seen before in terms of his his remarks talking about uh, treason and executing people. And remember the other day he was talking about the electric chair. That must have been on his mind for the past few days. Uh, So we're watching tooth and unraveling in front of us both factually and also temperamentally. Are they scared? Are they scared? Because this collusion delusion 2.0 is not going to stand. Ratcliffe made it clear yesterday. You cannot impeach a president for following the law. I have documents. I have two articles currently in draft that I'm going to publish back to back. The first one is titled Collusion Delusion 2.0. They knew Biden was under criminal investigation before and announced his run. And the second title... The second one is Daniel Jones's fingerprints are all over whistleblower complaint. But why now? And so I'm going to run through all these because I always give my listeners the exclusive where you're going to see exactly what is going on. You're going to say, wait, hold on a second. What is going on here? So there is an investigation with Biden's name that puts him in the same circles as, you know, obviously in the Ukraine, right? But we've got Biden, Misfood, Soros, Obama, Clinton, all these people in documents. And, you know, I'm going to tell you something right now. You know how Comey and McCabe and all these other clowns have are undergoing their their cases are being heard at ground grand juries around the nation right now. And they're upset because they can't find what court literally is hearing that case so they can find the judge. They can blackmail them, kill their kids, do something. Right. That's what they want to do. But they can't. Well, the same thing happens with this. um you know, Russia two point, you know, the Russia hoax thing and how it started. 
That's because the actual uh, case in the investigation is not even in the Ukraine or the United States. It's being held in Austria. So, see, you never have sealed indictments or investigations in the country, state, or city that someone knows, pl- has pl- has used as a playground, lived, or has friends in. And <clears throat> Austria. Fun. So we're going to just listen to what this really credible source is saying because he's talking about treasons and spies. Yes. Why does Daniel Jones still have the highest clearance in the nation? Who is Daniel Jones? I've been inching his name for months and months and months and months and no one is doing anything. The question is, why is he still running amok? Why does he still have a clearance? Why does he still have... The OIG of the intelligence community on his cell phone. He could text him and give him a complaint and say, look, mm-hmm. this is what you need to see the fear because we've got the IG report. We got FISA being dropped to help Brexit. What? That's colluding and meddling with other elections. Yeah, we're doing it, but you got to prove it because we've been investigating this for a while. And the minute FISA drops, that's where the Parliament of the United Kingdom is going to be like, uh-oh. That's where the European Union is going to be like, uh-oh. And um, I see Brexit happening super quick. I don't think the Queen wants that out. That's a really big problem. Showing the world that you helped manufacture a coup in the nation of the great United States of America. That would be a big problem. So... This president is being attacked from every single angle. And this was their last hallelujah shift. Little kids, you and your stupid pediatric massage company. It's happening. Electric chair would be far too kind. Taking them out and hanging them or death penalty, far too kind. Make them live in a four by four digging all day. That is better. Take a listen to what else this clown has to say in terms of the conduct of the President of the United States. And why? Well, partly because the President of the United States uh, recognizes that there is in this whistleblower's documents terrible evidence of the President's corruption, of his willingness to undermine the free electoral system in this country, to involve foreign powers in our election, uh, and also to try and get involved at the President's behest or with the Attorney General's connivance, the Attorney General who is trying, meanwhile, to to bring about proof that there is a deep state conspiracy that led to the Mueller investigation. That's what some of these comments in the whistleblower's remarks well, are let's about. Let's get to that. Some of what, what, the, what the President is talking about when he's saying, oh, I want you to talk to Barr. Barr is trying to deliver, and I have this as do other reporters from other sources, to deliver evidence uh, that perhaps this has all been a deep state conspiracy, just like Donald Trump alleges. Well, let's get to this this criminal complaint, which we have all read today. And so, uh, starting really with the cover-up, right, that, quote, senior White House officials had intervened to lock down all records of the phone call uh, and that White House officials were, quote, directed by White House lawyers to remove the electronic transcript from the computer system. Why did they want to remove the electronic transcript? Let me give you a little heads up here. So... 
There are certain places and certain computers within the United States throughout intelligence access points that can access almost any file and not be traced. This is done so that if we are investigating a covert uh, asset of our own overseas or if we are investigating someone that is in an elected position um, that may indeed uh, be responsible for treason, that we can access these documents online. Now, presidential archives, according to Barack Hussein Obama's first executive order in office, claims that presidential archives are sealed. Both in our Iron Mountain, where it has the tangible documentation, where a lot of very few people have access to, but Daniel Jones does, by the way, and um, and they have all phone calls of all conversations with all officials. Now, what I'm going to tell you is this lockdown of records that they're claiming is filing it under presidential archives because it is any telephone conversation. Our president, the president of the United States was to call me. That's transcribed and also put in the presidential archives. Right. That is the law. Okay, so what they're doing is they're taking a law that's existed forever, ever, ever, and they're telling you how they've put it on lockdown. But they have removed the electronic. Why? Because we ran water through the pipe and saw where the water was collecting. Now, take and this was done. Okay, this was done in April of twenty eighteen. Oh, wait, no, that's a lie. In April of 2019, um, and specifically the date was April 10th of 2019. How do you know that, Tori? Don't worry about it. We'll get into the timeline throughout the show. I am going to walk you through 2018 timeline until today when this came out. This is going to be so awesome. You're going to be like, oh, totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. Why hasn't anyone put it out like this? Because they don't want to tell you the truth. And on top of that, they don't want to tell you the truth because it could be a little bit dangerous. But, you know, danger is my middle name. Well, it's not. It's Pete. But (laughs) danger is my middle name. And so we're going to go through this and you're going to see just how ridiculous this is. So aside from the fact of CNA and pulling words to make, you know, it's kind of like those words that you have on your fridge and you make poems, right? This is what they did. They pulled words out of this complaint and put it in to some kind of structure to give you the message they want. Just like now, in the days following the phone call, I learned from multiple U.S. officials that senior White House officials had intervened to lock down all records of the phone call. You mean... um they uh, put the telcon transcript under seal, presidential seal. Is that what you're saying? Um, because that's what they should be doing. But for some reason, this is a problem. Are you getting this? This is just how far-fetched it is. Take a listen to what else they say. So the cover-up. When you first read that, Carl. So that's a cover-up. Uh, putting telcon transcripts, right? <laughs> transcripts of telephone conversation, telcon, into the presidential archive, which is what the law says you should be doing, is a cover-up. Okay? What did you think? Well, I, I got some text from people in Washington saying, uh, are these like the Nixon tapes that were never intended to see the light of day? Remember, this clown won a Pulitzer Prize for the Watergate coverage. And remember how I told you that the Watergate investigation actually had a foreign official 
working on it. Yeah. And that foreign official is Christine Lagarde. Yeah. The one that blackmailed all the European Union state uh, politicians to get rid of them and place her own. Yeah, that one. The one that then became director of the IMF, that French lady. Yeah, that one. The one that now has left the IMF and now is the head of the European Central Bank. Yeah, that one. A foreign national worked the Watergate coverage. When have we allowed a foreign citizen, a non-U.S. citizen, to take part in a matter of national security? That's the problem. That what did you say? The president's corruption. Uh, I haven't answered the. <laughs> I haven't answered the text yet. Uh, and I think. Tell us what you think. What Everyone we... wants to know. You're Mr. Watergate. No, you want no, to no. Yeah. Tell us what you think. We want to know. I want to know who's texting this guy. Hey. FBI, CIA, are we getting the text? Who's texting this clown? Who is texting this clown? He's a nobody. He won a Pulitzer Prize. I mean, Obama won, you know, a Nobel for just being black. So who is texting this clown? What intelligence officials or White House officials are texting this clown? And, you know, I want to know why Peter Strzok was hanging out with Daniel Jones. No, no. No, no. Well, let's 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 take a very cold look at this. These are clearly documents that the president does not want exposed, and which, according to the whistleblower and other witnesses, demonstrate the president's cover-up as well as his actions per se. In remember, the cover-up is the fact that he filed telcon under presidential archive, like the law says he should be doing. Okay, I'm just reminding you because they're using the word "cover it up" or "cover up," um, because supposedly the president was asking the Ukraine to interfere with the 2020 election. Had nothing to do with this ongoing investigation from 2018. That Durham started in 2018. See, a lot of people think that Attorney General Barr, right? He appointed Durham. No, he did not. And I will tell you why and where the evidence is. I will actually read the evidence to you, and it's actually screenshot and put in my article. I actually wrote an article, and it's on ToriSays.com, that it was Matt Whitaker that appointed William, that appointed Durham to start the origination of the investigation. This is why they wanted Whitaker out. This is why President Trump waited three months to actually four months to put it through the Senate and confirm Barr because he let Whitaker do it. Listen. In, in these Ukraine phone calls. Uh, so there, there are definitely some parallels. Did you hear that? Ukraine phone calls. I thought they were referring to just one phone call. See, corrupt people have a way of slipping. Slip. That's a slip. Here. Uh, they're not tape recordings, but they are about apparently a secret system of classification, a secret system of keeping the president's actions and words from other witnesses. And so- Wait, so you're saying that the conversations he has with other leaders that are filed under presidential archives, that is exactly what has to happen because confidentiality and trust that there is no, uh, um, you know, publication of conversations that leaders of nations have with the president because when they talk to each other, there's that mutual trust that no one will know what we talk about, no one will get a transcript, is a cover-up. That's what he's telling you, that the law, you should read executive order 13489, says that everything's sealed under presidential seal, presidential archives. Hello, hello, hello. And even before that, 
All of these were confidential because the conversations the president has with someone else are supposed to be highly confidential. And people and clowns like this idiot, right, who got a Pulitzer for working with foreign nationals on Watergate. Gosh, could you imagine all of us had the wrong idea about Nixon, right? Can you believe that, that Nixon was put down to be one of the most corrupt when it turns out he might have been a good guy after all? These clowns, these people are telling you that what he did, which is the law, is a cover-up. They're telling you that you have the right to see transcripts of conversations between presidents. Are you kidding? Who's so when this? the president sits here uh, somewhat out of control, not sitting uh, in his statements about treason, etc., uh, then we are reminded again of what... Read Bob Woodward's book, My Colleague Bob Woodward's. There is a reason that people around this president, whether it's Mattis, McMaster, uh, others, Tillerson, believe to their bones that this president of the United States is not capable of handling national security. Uh, this president isn't capable of handling national security, but he went to North Korea. He diffused a situation that was on edge. He is making progress. He is strengthening the economy. He is winning like nobody's business. Nobody's business, and yet he is not capable. Hmm. Interesting. Security offense, that he is a danger to the national security of the United States, and that's what this is about. He's a danger to you. He is a danger to pedophiles. He is a danger to corrupt clowns. He is a danger to the new world order. That's what he's a danger to. He is the savior of the American people. He is the one that supports the U.S. Constitution just like it was envisioned. He is the person that says a good government is one that does not fear its citizens to be armed. That is what he is. He is not a danger. He is a danger to you. He is a danger to Schiff. He is a danger to every single clown on the planet. Huh? That's who he's really a danger to. Whether it is purposeful, his undermining of our national security, or whether it is because uh, he is incapable of... But this whistleblower complaint that heard from a lot of U.S. officials and people in the White House about a conversation that no one should be hearing about is not a breach of national security, I'm just saying. Making the distinction between, as president, undermining our national security and his own and his family's personal interests, political interests, everything before, as in the election, free election, the real security of this, of this country, uh, we are seeing it on full-blown color TV right yeah. in front of us, and now we... I'll tell you what we're seeing on College V, the destruction of these snakes, these reptiles, these pedophiles, these greedy clowns that want to enslave every man, woman, and child on this planet to serve them. That 1%, and boy, is the mainstream media teaming up with them real hard because they're telling the world we're still in control. Look what we did. We forced him to breach privacy between two presidents. But you know what? The Ukraine's cool with that and when we go through the timeline you'll see why okay we have this roadmap uh and that there is a real question about how the democrats are going to handle this uh because this deserves the most sober grave 
consideration uh, of all of the people in this country, of the press. Yeah, the press better talk about what Trump is doing. Oh, my gosh. He was investigating Biden when he wasn't running for president. He got tons and millions and millions of dollars. And he, Obama and everyone, and you know what they're covering up? Barack Hussein Obama, because that clown is going to get impeached. You mark my words, 44 will be impeached because the documentation that we have delving out of Austria Okay, where the Ukrainian government, the independent Ukrainian government that is shunned by the EU, that President Trump is trying to maintain that line to show them that we will protect you. You know, that government has everything. We have everything. Miss Fudd and Biden colluding. What? Uh, It's not a time for hysteria, uh, but it's a time of crisis. This is a real crisis because of the conduct of the president of the United States, not the conduct of the press, Mm -hmm. not the conduct of Hillary Clinton, not the conduct. Yeah, I mean, the press is doing their job that Hillary Clinton was winning by 98 percent. The press is doing their job by not shining light that Hunter Biden, who is as thick as a brick, was fired from the Navy because he had a cocaine habit. How Biden's niece got away with $100,000 worth of fraud. How Hunter Biden... (laughs) 1.5 billion from China and then appointed director of one of the most corrupt companies in the Ukraine. We'll continue this right after the break. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tory. So now we're going to listen to what CNN kind of puts out as their two cents after Bernstein, this clown who gets text messages from the intelligence community. And I hope that we are monitoring it. Anybody got a 702 on that one, please? Um, and find out who they are. Like I said, we need to gut the CIA. The CIA is that middle place. See, the FBI is strict law enforcement. The intelligence community is strictly intelligence, covert operations, etc. The CIA is that melding, murky, gray area where the two conjoin. And that's a problem. And that's why it was created. That's where the shadow government lies. But take a listen to what CNN has to say. ...of a deep state, not the conduct of the people in the NSC, who, look, many of us who are reporters... Yeah, I know, right? It's not the conduct of the NSC. Hey, uh, hey, Pompeo, why is Mark Stahl still at the department? Why is he still at the State Department? Mark Stahl, why is he still there? Hello. Gosh, Pompeo has been wearing freaking galoshes, wellies, or whatever you want to call them, you know, where you wade through the water at the State Department since he took over with all the leaks and swamp waters. Pull the plug, man. Come on, Mike, do it have contact with people in the NSC bureaucracy and elsewhere who have heard tales from the inside about this president's inability to recognize the national security interests of the United States and to undermine. So he acknowledges that there's a deep state and they're not to blame, he said. (laughs) Mind you, he said that. Okay, he said it's not Hillary Clinton's fault. It's not the deep state's fault, but the National Security Council. And remember, clowns that were on Obama's National Security Council are now sitting pretty and pretty incognito at the State Department. Mark Stahl, Mike Pompeo, Mark Stahl. Can you remove that clown? I don't care how many service years he's put in. What a great 
great FSOE he is. He's not great. He's great for them. He's not great for us. He's not great for the people of the United States of America. This is the same line of work as Yovanovitch. You know, she worked the Russia desk. She's Nellie Orr's mentor. Let's get going. This guy is telling you who... Daniel Jones has been talking to to author this complaint because he authored it in the way that this whistleblower has pointed out. And the whistleblower has given the names, apparently, of others who have witnessed the president undermining our national security. Ah, so we have names. So we know exactly who to fire, in other words, right? Uh, because they will be fired. And that is a national security breach. When you sit there and chit-chat about conversations that are supposed to be what? They're supposed to be confidential. That is the way, um, you know, things go. That is the way <laughs> it's going to happen. Now, I want you guys to take a listen. Before we delve in and I walk you through... Just what a bad job both sides of the fence are doing. So uh, the CNN, the mainstream media, the fake news, the PR arm for this NWO, this deep state, right? Um, they're doing a great job amplifying their false narratives. Great job. But we're doing a really weak job on conservative narrative. Now, I love Sean Hannity. He likes the president. He's all about transparency. But unfortunately, no one is bold enough to just make names. I mean, I'm saying it's Daniel Jones. Change my mind. Prove me wrong. But no one is dropping names. They're just speculating. And we don't need that. We need hard facts. So, the president's right. Take a Democrats, listen. they spend every second minute, hour of every 24-hour day looking to smear this president. I've said it before, if he cured cancer, they'd still hate him. And yet it hasn't slowed the president down, has it? In fact, while Democrats are always busy obsessing about the Russia hoax, the Ukraine hoax, Russia, Russia, Ukraine, Ukraine, impeach, impeach, president... Well, he's been hard at work since he was elected, and the results, they speak for themselves. Now, take a look at your screen. These are accomplishments. This is just a side note here of a president during the single most difficult, hyper-partisan time, moment, if you will, in our lifetimes. And through it all, he has still been able to remain focused on his promises. The success, the track record is amazing. We have the best employment situation since 1969 in less than one term. Yep, watch what you see there. The president has renegotiated trade deals with Mexico, Canada, Japan, and South Korea. And, of course, the wall on our southern border. He's got the money now. It's getting built. He ended more bureaucratic red tape than the last 50 years combined. He successfully appointed two constitutionalist judges to the U.S. Supreme Court and hundreds of other federal judges. Yes, originalist, constitutionalist. He passed the largest tax cuts in history that generated an economic boom. We have nearly 9 million new jobs created, nearly 9 million fewer Americans on food stamps, and millions more out of poverty as i said the lowest unemployment rate since 69 okay here's my problem stop focusing on everything grady did we already know you can mention it but that's it we know we're winning and this is why they're so adamant the problem that we have with the democrats needs to be laid out we need to call out the key players we need to eliminate the key players so let me fast forward over that extra minute of just reiterating what we already know, what a great president he is, what great strides he has done for our nation. They, The Democrats have 
opened up Pandora's box against them. And there are people all over the nation. The spooks are ghosting. The spooks are spooking their spooks. And it's the good guys. And they are terrified. His opponent from prosecution, certain prosecution that we would have been prosecuted for. Then, of course, the dirty Russian dossier, the very thing they were accusing him of that he didn't do, they were guilty of. It is a never-ending, unceasing, and hysteria, lies, hoaxes, conspiracy theories. And now it is a real, clear, present danger to this republic. Remember Ben Franklin, monarchy or republic? A republic, if you can keep it. I'm not so certain tonight we're going to keep it. We live in a country now where simple, simple, basic, fundamental facts, objective truth, basic truth, Obvious truth, the rule of law, constitutional governance. He's right. It's opposite day for years now. It's been opposite day for decades now. Nothing, nothing whatsoever can make this better, right? Wrong, Sean. We are holding on to this because they walked right into it. You think people... Listen, you think that we would plan to have President Trump run for president without having contingency plans? You think that the good guys are the bad spooks and that the little, you know, guys, the dirty guys, the swampy guys, the farm guys. Hey, you know, spooks all went through the same farm you did. They have the same tools you do. But see, they have morals. And when you're fighting on the good side, you always win. Light always trumps darkness. And if there's a spark, it's always there. And thank God every day that that little spark, whenever we feel that, what Hannity put out, I'm not sure. Whenever we feel that, you know, it comes back to give empowerment for more. And that is what you need to focus on. That that light is there and it's not going anywhere because there are so many people right now working so hard to buffer. I want you to listen to how they told you what they're going to do. They told you what they're going to do. They told you this in 2017. In January, before the president of the United States was was inaugurated, before President Trump took over and sparked that fire. Before he took over and made America great again, before he took over and started gutting corruption, and like I said, it takes time because you can't pull the weed that you can see. You need to get the roots. They told you what they're going to do, and here it is. Take a listen. I don't know if you have seen this. I don't want to blindside you with this. This is a, this is um, the latest statement, latest tweet, as you were just saying. This is, uh, and I just want to put it in time. This is, um, that guy on, um, MSNBC, Rachel Maddow. So that guy that cries all the, I totally, ugh, I feel so evil saying it, but I get pleasure when I see that dude cry. Um, this is before the president of the United States has been sworn in. This is right around the time that Barack Hussein Obama, his cabinet and, uh, Chief Justice Supreme Court, uh, John Roberts got together to see if they could delay the inauguration. And that's something nobody else is talking about. Hello. And so this is what Chuck Schumer had to say. Pay attention. 
The president-elect's latest, latest yeah. unsolicited pronouncement on the intelligence community. This was his tweet just a little while ago tonight. You see the scare quotes there. The yeah. intelligence briefing yeah. on so-called Russian hacking was delayed until Friday. Perhaps more time needed to build a case. Very strange. We're actually told, intelligence sources tell NBC News since this tweet has been posted. Just so you know, the intelligence briefing on so-called Russian hacking was delayed until Friday. Perhaps more time needed to build a case? Very strange. And you know what that was? That was on January 3rd, 2017. Do you know what happened on January 6th, 2017? Yeah, that's right. They all got together with their new FISA application renewal. They all got together with the chief justice of the Supreme Court and said, look, he's Russian. Look, he's colluding. Look, all these nations are coming along. Look what Misfit said. Look, 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 look what we got on Manafort. Oh, my gosh. Look what we got on Flynn. We got all of this. We got these phone calls from December. We got all this. Can you delay it? Just delay it. We're not going to tell him. We're not going to let him be president. Delay it so that way we can throw charges at him. Because as long as we can have control, we can do this. And Supreme Court Chief Justice Roberts said, dude, we can't do this. This is unprecedented because this dossier is totally fake. I can't put my name on that because it'll backfire. Because there are more conservatives out there than there are. I don't care if you own the media. I'm going to be hung for this. This is treason. you got to find another way. Why don't you do a special counsel? Figure it out. That is exactly the conversation happened. You're going to be like, Tori, how do you know? Who knows? Maybe I can transform into a fly and sit on the wall. Or maybe I'm a time traveler and things have been unsealed. Or maybe I can be a fly on the wall. I'm just saying. Posted that actually this intelligence briefing for the president-elect was always planned for Friday. It hasn't been delayed. Look. But he's, he's taking these... Shot this antagonism yep. is taunting to the intelligence tell community. You, you take on the intelligence community, they have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. What? You take on the intelligence community, they have six ways from Sunday to get back at you. Is this the intelligence community coming back at us, guys? Is this what Schumer meant? Let's let's listen to what Schumer said again. Just listen. You take on the intelligence community, they have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. See, the, the one thing about evil people is that they take pleasure in showing you in your face what they do. They will push it and push it and say, look at these idiots. We're like showing them what we're doing. We're telling them and they're so freaking dumb. Isn't that awesome? You think that's not the case? I could tell you from experience it is. And you know, We've all been there at some point of our life where you're just like, oh, they don't even know that I am totally screwing them and I'm like showing it. I'm like, look, I am screwing you like this. And they're like, oh my gosh, that is so wrong. But haha, that is exactly what's happening here. <laughs> Intelligence community. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that because here's where we're going to get into the nitty gritty after we hear what Hannity has to say about, you know, Al Green, where Al Green said Trump will get reelected if he's not impeached. Of course, how Yovanovitch told uh, Poroshenko right before their elections in the U.S. Don't worry about what he's what subpoenas you're getting. Ignore them. Trump is getting impeached. Really? Green said in May, Democrats don't impeach the president. Well, yeah, he could win. He's likely to win reelection. You know, pretty much sums it up. The end goal has always been impeachment. There's no actual path. There's no crimes, high crimes, misdemeanors, abuse of power, bribery, none of that. 
So for the past three years, Democrats have tried. They have failed time and again to manufacture out of whole cloth impeachable offenses. As Nancy, oh, we, we have many options, of many choices on impeachment. We'll just pick one. And if there's no quid pro quo, we'll lower the bar. The hysteria now surrounding Ukraine is no different. And today, Congressman Devin Nunes, I think one of his finest moments in Congress, he summed it up perfectly. Let's take a look. I want to congratulate the Democrats on the rollout of their latest information warfare operation against the president and their extraordinary ability to once again enlist the mainstream media in their campaign. This operation began with media reports from the prime instigators of the Russia collusion hoax that a whistleblower is claiming President Trump made nefarious promise to a foreign leader. The release transcript of that call has already debunked that central assertion. But that didn't matter. The Democrats simply moved the goalposts. All right, pay attention. The media mob will never report this. Here's what we know about this so-called whistleblower complaint. The complaint relied on, no, not a real whistleblower. Hearsay evidence, reports from the mainstream media. I guess anyone in America could be an official government whistleblower. Just have your friends all get together and write it up in a really uh, lawyerly way. The inspector general determined that the whistleblower had a political bias against the president. Actually, let's just put this in perspective. Uh, he didn't have just political bias. This was written by Daniel J. Jones. This was written by the P- PQG Group, Penn Quarterly Group. The same group that hired Fusion GPS. The same group that paid Glenn Simpson. The same group that created the Democracy Integrity Project. What was that? The, uh, the company that Obama Obama for America, Soros, and Democrat money, which was, what was it, 50 million is what Daniel Jones said it was, contributed to it in 2017 when he created that NGO to do what? Its primary purpose was to validate the dossier. This happened in 2017. And it's the same Dan Jones that was the go-between between Christopher Steele, the Senate, the Democrat Senate, and House Democrats. That's the same guy. So where is Daniel Jones and who is he? I told you yesterday he had the highest clearance, higher than the president, because he spent six years parsing and creating one of the most powerful Rolodexes. Rolodexes, for those that aren't old enough to know what that means, is the most powerful contact list with pictures, emails, birthdays, anniversaries, children, everything, positions, addresses all over the world and their missions. Could you imagine what kind of power you have if you have a contact list with every single CIA, NRO, NSA operative that you can get your hands of under the guise of investigating torture? And it is the same guy that advocated to President Barack Hussein Obama to seal his over six and a half thousand page torture report. He said, seal it. Don't reveal it. Seal it. And guess what? It's sealed under presidential archives. But those of us that may have been privy to seeing it see that this memo, this complaint is identical, like a copy paste, identical to the reports and complaints he made for every alleged torture thing. 
like, where the heck is Gina Haspel? What is she doing? Sleeping beauty. Wake up. Where are you? Or are you busy getting indicted? So these are what are missing. You don't know the timeline because they're not telling you. It's like everybody is confusing the timeline purposely. So here's where we're going to put it out in a heartbeat. So here's where we go. Let's get the background of facts, right? John Durham was never appointed by A.G. Barr first. John Durham was appointed under Whitaker while Whitaker was chief of staff of Sessions. So Sleepy Sessions, who couldn't deal with the Russia investigation, who dealt with it? That's right, Matt Whitaker. And you know what people forget is that in October of 2018, when Baker was giving, you know, when they released the Baker testimony, come on, guys, remember that? I'll read you conversation, Mr. Meadows. And so you're saying you're going to take the fifth, Mr. Levin. No, I'm I'm saying I'm not letting him answer the questions. This is a voluntary, Mr. Meadows. That's not the prerogative, Mr. Levin. Well, it's voluntary interview now, so it is, Mr. Meadows. So what you're saying is in order to answer Mr. Jordan, Jim Jordan, right, questions, he's going to have to be subpoenaed, Mr. Levin. I'm saying I'm not going to let him answer the question now. If you choose to subpoena him, that's obviously you're right. Jim Jordan says, just to clarify for us, your counsel advising Mr. Baker not to answer that question of not because it's classified, not because of any classification concerns, but there's an ongoing investigation by whom? Mr. Levin. So here is where we learn that Mr. Baker, right, James Baker, was under criminal investigation. Okay? Because there's an ongoing investigation. So we knew in 2018 when this was released on October 3rd, 2018, the transcript, right, stated that you don't want Baker to answer the questions, Mr. Levin, who's James Baker's lawyer, because there's an ongoing investigation. But by whom? Mr. Levin says the Justice Department. Jim Jordan says, I mean, is the inspector general looking at this or is this? Mr. Levin said, no, it's Mr. John Durham, a prosecutor. Mr. Jordan says, Mr. Huber. Mr. Levin says, Durham, Durham. Oh, say it again. John Durham. All right. Did you talk to Mr. Korn prior to the election about anything? So it continues. Do you see that John Durham... The prosecutor has been on this case since Jeff Sessions, Sleepy Sessions. I love Sleepy Sessions because he took a slap in the face for us, man. He did. Sleepy Sessions, (laughs) you don't get it. It's optics. You really don't get it. All of us, you got to trust the plan. There are so many that contributed to creating this plan. So many that are sitting right now pumping your gas in New Jersey because you, you know, you can't pump it yourself. There's so many that are sitting right now, you know, basking in the sun in Florida. There's so many right now that are doing rounds at Texas AM Cancer Institute. There's so many right now, you know, having a cup of coffee in Starbucks in LA. There's so many right now sitting behind microphones talking to you that have put so much effort into making sure that this gets done. So listen to the facts. John Durham has been on this since Sessions. He has been appointed prosecutor, and you heard Baker say it. There's an ongoing investigation, and the prosecutor's name is John Durham. This is from 2018. So A.G. Barr did not appoint him in 2019 like the news media is telling you. He was appointed way before then. 
So way before then that James Baker wasn't answering questions because he was under a criminal investigation. Now, here's where we get into the nice timeline. So now that you know that Durham has been on this since late 2017, I'm telling you late 2017, okay? We're talking December 2017. And this is the interesting part. So Durham appears in the Ukraine and suddenly the mainstream media is asking questions and reporting how Barr has appointed him. So John Durham, it's leaked that he's in the Ukraine, but the mainstream media doesn't tell you he's in the Ukraine, right? They keep that quiet. That's where his name comes up. And that's why, in fact, on May 13th, the week after Durham was in the Ukraine and after corrupt disgrace, Ambassador Marie Yovanovitch was fired on the spot when he arrived. Headlines were running statements like Attorney General William P. Barr has tapped U.S. attorney in Connecticut uh, to examine the origins of the Russia election interference probe, according to reports late Monday. John Durham, the top federal prosecutor in Connecticut, has been asked to get to the bottom of the Justice Department's investigation into members of the Trump presidential campaign. Oh, why'd they say that? Oh, because Marie got fired. The State Department, her assistant over there, got fired. We've got all these other people that got fired. You know, she's selling Etsy now, right? All these people got fired, and all they know is that this guy named Durham turned up after a little trip to Austria. So it was a pony show. Durham is um, a good investigator. Everyone will say it. And to be a good investigator, journalist, prosecutor, what do you got to do? You got to reverse engineer a crime to solve it. That means you got to take to where you're at and then go backwards and see how it was done, right? Reverse engineer. That is what he was doing. In order to charge, exonerate, or understand the actions of the DOJ counsel, the FBI, and members of the Obama administration, including Barack Hussein Obama, on their FISA warrant application and the origin of the dossier, and all those involved, it must be uncovered how they put it together and the facts of the origin of the Russia hoax, every single moving part. That reverse engineering process had him end up at the Ukraine in May. His findings included many, many, many companies and U.S. Foreign Service officers connected to the U.S. Embassy in Kiev derived from what? Nelly Orr's involvement. And this is why Christopher Steele was so chatty with Bruce Orr. And this is why Christopher Steele was so chatty with who? With Daniel Jones. So we're talking 2018, Okay, we're talking 2018 and then 2019. I'm talking 2018. Okay, so right after this break, we're going to start the timeline at July 2018. I'll see you all just after this short break. Real news. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tory, live always, 12 to 2 Eastern Time, only on Red State Talk Radio. So let us go through this timeline, and I'm going to take you back onto my TARDIS time machine to July 2018, because this first hour, I was telling you who authored the complaint. I can prove that to you, too. There is a 500-page report that Barack Hussein Obama released in regards to anal feeding of 
you know, terrorists and making them talk. And you need to see the verbatim usage of words. And I just tweeted out to the president, yo, Daniel Jones was the one that authored that complaint. What they need to look at is the expense receipt that Adam Schiff filed when he had dinner with him and Peter Strzok. They need to talk about that from July. Yep, fly on the wall once again, or maybe a time traveler, who knows. But I'm going to take you back in time right now to July 1st, 2018, where the Ukrainian press puts out an announcement and starts discussing additional candidates that would announce their run for president during the elections that were going to happen that following year. So in March of 2019, it hit up, and their elections were, guess what, none other than April um 21st, 2019, that is when the Ukraine had elections, just so you know. And it was at that time that Joe Biden tells the U.S. mainstream media, I know, I got to make up my mind, and I have to do it by January if he's running or not. So 2018, Joe Biden wasn't running, never made an announcement. Now let's go to 2018 August. While the hats were being thrown in into the Democratic presidential race of 2018, Biden was super quiet freaking quiet like so quiet he fell even more silent in the fall of 2018 is he running is he not because by then we even had yang and i was talking about yang if you remember in the fall of 2018 and all these other idiots that decided you know i'd be a great president no you're not (laughs) you're corrupt and you're done he was obama's bff remember they had best friend bracelets and stuff he'd sure be a shoo-in wouldn't he wouldn't he Well, the Ukrainian presidentials were announced. The presidential elections were announced and they were going full speed ahead for the first quarter of 2019 to just be a blow up. There were so many of them. 2018, John Durham's name, October 2018, John Durham's name is mentioned in various DOJ counsel testimony. John Durham has begun the investigation into Nelly Orr already and has already subpoenaed the Ukraine for evidence. The Ukraine for evidence. Why? Because like I told you, Marie Ivanovich used to work the Russia desk at the State Department. Nellie Orr at the time had just finished college. She just got out of the farm. And she had Ivanovich as her mentor on the Russian desk. They were, I mean, she fostered her. She brought her in. She was her linguist. She was her analyst. Remember that. 2018 November. Biden begins to suggest he's going to run, you know, to kind of drum up some money for the DNC. And as the heat is being cranked up and the left is lashing out like crazy, foaming at the mouth, trying to take down acting A.G. Whitaker. Remember November? Duren's name has already dropped. They wanted Whitaker replaced because he was supposedly inexperienced. Remember? This never happened before. Unprecedented. That they would, like in the history of DOJ, to claim that the acting attorney general doesn't have the qualifications or the length in service to be acting attorney general. And they so memory forget that Comey only had one and a half years under his belt as air quote U.S. attorney of the Southern District of New York. And suddenly he was acting attorney general right after 9-11 when um, former A.G. Ashcroft suddenly got sick. And Mueller and Comey tagged teamed the Bush administration. And at the same time, while Comey was acting attorney general, his best buddy, uh, who is also his attorney, Patrick Fitzgerald, who used to be U.S. attorney at the Southern District of New York, was the one that went out for blood with Scooter Libby. But those are inconvenient facts. Okay, inconvenient. (laughs) 
So it was at that time that William Barr's name was dropped. And Biden felt comfortable because Bush family, Mueller, Comey, Obama, they all vouched for him because he was obedient. He worked with them. He was a very obedient guy. Look what he did under the Bush administration. Yep, obedient. He helped Hillary Clinton fill up those prisons with all those super predators, privatizing them. Obedient. And I said it in November. He, If he gets confirmed, it'll be late February. And everyone's like, you're crazy. Four months of no attorney general and his name is dropped. Nope, they won't confirm it. And I was right. He wasn't confirmed till the end of February. Like I'm a time traveler or something. So now we fast forward to 2019 January, you know, in the meantime, you know, over Christmas and, and Merry Christmas and how racist it is to say it and how Starbucks decided no more red cups because Christmas is racist. We have election corruption antics being reported in the Ukraine. Complaints of ballot boxes being compromised, half-baked reasoning to report that Poroshenko was trying to fix the elections because they were saying, we don't have ballot boxes. We'll just put them in like regular, you know, Home Depot type, you know, paper boxes. And there were so many articles written as how Poroshenko is going to rig the presidential election in the Ukraine. According to the CEC, which is, you know, their federal electoral commission, the ballots will be transported by Improvised means. Alexander considers this news to be main evidence of upcoming frauds. Yes, it was. Joe Biden didn't keep his word, though. Remember, in July of 2018, he said by January he's going to be announcing if he's going to run for president. Information about Hunter Biden at that point started to manifest of how he got kicked out of the Navy for his cocaine habit, how he got $1.5 billion from the Chinese, how he was involved in the Ukraine, all this chatter under, 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 under the guise of this strong bullhorn that the mainstream media has. And suddenly everyone was getting banned, 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 banned off the Internet. And... Suddenly we roll into 2019 and A.G. Barr is finally sworn in as attorney general. But that happens after subpoenas to CrowdStrike for hardware. Subpoenas for CrowdStrike hardware to the Ukraine were sent. And that is when Marie Yovanovitch tells Luchenko, who was then the prosecutor general of the Ukraine, and Poroshenko, who was the incumbent president. You can ignore those subpoenas and delay. He's going to be impeached totally. Joe Biden then flies off in February to Europe. He attends a meeting. Uh, what was it? The Munich, uh, Munich summit. And on, huh, wow, Kurt Volker was there too. Mm-hmm. So here's Joe Biden meeting with Ukrainian officials. What? Did Kurt Volker report that Biden was meeting with these Ukrainian officials on the side? Just asking because, you know, all those reports about Biden's niece and his son were coming up, you know, to the surface. And so Biden lambasted the president during uh, that, you know, meeting in Munich, the Munich security meeting. That's it. And he was talking as if he was a candidate, but he didn't announce. He's like, yeah, you know, never said it. They had a great talk about the Ukraine and the upcoming presidential elections and the favorites all seem to be on the same page as Biden. When it comes to Trump, he will be impeached. That is a direct quote from the Ukrainian independent UIM, the Ukrainian independent media. That is a quote from what discussions were being held with Ukrainian officials in February of 2019 with Biden. And let's fast forward to this tidbit. Take a listen. 
But Sean, here's the thing that's really changing. Now we know that not only was there Russian collusion through Fusion GPS and through uh, the, the MI6 guy and all of that, but now we know that the Ukrainian officials were deeply involved in trying to help Hillary Clinton through this. And we also now know that the current United States ambassador, Marie Yovanovitch, has badmouthed the president of the United States to Ukrainian officials and, to, and has told them not to listen or worry about Trump policy because he's going to be impeached. Right, let, let this say, woman uh, needs to be called home to the United States for consultation. Huh. That kind of aligns with what was um, being reported by the Ukrainian media, how Yovanovitch was telling Poroshenko and Luchenko to dismiss the 90 day uh, limit that they had on these subpoenas because they were going to impeach President Trump. So in March is when Mueller closes the Russia collusion investigation. Biden still hasn't announced his run for president under the Democratic ticket. Stories on Hunter Biden and Biden's niece getting away with a hundred, over a hundred thousand dollars of fraud resurface. It's going everywhere. Elections in the Ukraine are the hottest topic in Europe as the Ukrainians demand uh, mitigation to ensure the integrity of the electoral process. And we hear Joe DeGeneva confirming exactly what I've heard firsthand from my Ukrainian sources and from what the Ukrainians were reporting in February of 2019. So now we go to 2019 in April. This is the busy month. This is the incredible month. Because during an April 2nd, 2019 interview, Biden states that he's going to be announcing his run the next week. Konstantin Kolyak. The deputy head of the prosecutor's general international legal cooperation department had said, and I quote, that Yovanovitch, the U.S. ambassador, right, the one that we appointed to represent our nation. Well, actually, we didn't because she was suddenly placed there by Barack Hussein Obama at the same time Nellie Orr was digging up dirt for Manafort in the Ukraine. So she and her mentor were in the Ukraine. That is when she was appointed. She was appointed on August 18, 2016. So here we have the deputy head of the prosecutor general's international legal cooperation department for an ongoing criminal investigation that wanted to go to the United States himself. He didn't want to mail it. He didn't want to email it. He didn't want it intercepted. He wanted to take it with a pouch and drop it off onto Durham's desk. The ambassador was not issuing visas to Ukrainian legal officials to fly to the U.S. to transmit information on an ongoing criminal investigation. Are you hearing this? Yovanovitch refused to provide visas to Ukrainian legal officials to transport, hand-deliver information to Durham on this ongoing criminal investigation. And here's where it gets even weirder. Candidate Zelensky was a favorite because he wasn't Euro friendly, but he wasn't Russia friendly. He was in the middle of the road. And I said this yesterday. There is no way in hell that the Ukraine can recover and become independent from the EU or Russia. They got to find a middle ground. And as a fortune teller, I'm going to tell you 
in one reality, in one alternative reality, Zelensky decides to incorporate Crimea as part of the Ukraine and have the same kind of agreement that Crimea has with Russia. We are independent, but codependent, kind of like Hong Kong and China. And maybe in the future, the Ukraine in 20 years, when they gain that stability, can become independent. And we all know that candidate Zelensky does have that option. Now, here's the kicker. Candidate Zelensky is in France. He's invited by the EU. He actually has a meeting with EU leaders in Paris because he is the front runner for the presidential seat in the Ukraine. Poroshenko is done. There is a criminal investigation pending with the U.S. The U.S. is going to find out everything. And what they need to do is make sure that they can have this Zelensky guy by the cojones so he doesn't flip. And if you noticed from his speech, and like I said, he walks a very vague line, and that's kind of awesome for him, but makes me wary for us. Regardless, though, because he can go either way, Macron, Merkel, and guess who else? Obama sat down and met with him just a couple days before Notre Dame caught fire. Oh, my gosh. So... Notre Dame caught fire, and the day that Notre Dame was on fire, guess what was going on in France? So many leaders in Paris (laughs) chit-chatting. Pretty interesting. And this all while, just the week before the Ukrainian presidential elections, they were like in full swing because the elections were being held on April 20th, Sunday, April 20th. When did the Notre Dame cathedral catch fire oh that was like five days before that so here we are where biden suddenly decides i'm going to push back my announcement to april 19th uh oh wait sorry april 8 yeah april 19th because the uh it was a friday and the elections were on a sunday which was april 21st not 20th sorry so here it is that he's now going to announce his run even though he's made tons of speeches before that like he was running even though he wasn't running on april 19th 2019 via video because he wasn't in the country at the time supposedly but he was who knows and suddenly the elections happen the elections are happening sorry that weekend and Biden's team says, oh, didn't he's going to announce it by video on April 22nd, Monday, April 22nd. You mean the day after the elections, the elections that President Zelensky won by 75 percent. And it was that day, that Sunday, that President Trump had his first phone call with Zelensky. Oh, do you remember that clown that we played earlier in the show from CNN? You know, the guy that got a Pulitzer that gets text messages from the intelligence community like he's somebody, right? Remember how he said the phone calls with the Ukraine, the phone calls here where we slip. See, they can't talk about the April 21st phone call. Why? Well, it was a congratulatory one. That's what they say. Because President Trump did call him and say, you had a great run. You won by 70%. That's right. You're going to get Ukraine to be great again. So he talked about his massive win, among other things. So Biden, even though he had said that he was putting out his announcement on Monday, April 22nd, the day after the Ukrainian elections via video, guess what? He didn't do it. They start saying, oh, we're going to do it on Wednesday. Well, he's been talking like he's running. Why the delay? Right? Think about it. 
that's because they wanted to know, is Luchenko going to? What's happening? Durham has sent subpoenas. Marie Yovanovitch is being slammed to let the legal counsel go. And the people that are working under Luchenko are kind of complaining about it. And Luchenko has no hold on them. And Luchenko's like, I'm not going to jail again. No, 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 no. Shokin has just gotten fired. And Luchenko took his place, who is not a lawyer, by the way, because the Ukraine changed their law to make Luchenko prosecutor general, just like Biden did. And Luchenko's like, man, I can't help you. This is out of my hands. There's already a court in Austria going against us because the United States has asked to penalize Dimitri. And now Shokin is there giving testimony and he's given everybody's names. And it's all over court in Austria. And Biden's like, well, should I run? Should I not? Because this is all going to come out. Don't worry. You run. Run now and we'll use it and we will spin it and the intelligence community will make sure that we make it look like you're getting help from the Ukraine. That, that Trump is getting help from the Ukraine to smear your campaign. That this is election meddling and this is collusion with the Ukrainian government to oust you. Don't worry about it. So he announces his run that Friday. So he pushes it from Wednesday to Friday. Remember? And Biden, after all his meetings with his legal team, the DNC council, he finally announces that he's president. He's running for president. Sorry. But he acts like he is president. He was reassured, according to our source that used to work for CNN's legal department, I was sold. He was reassured that the matters and reports would be omitted from reporting. What? That the matters of the Bidens would be omitted from CNN's reporting? News about his son, China, and Burisma will be downplayed on all reporting. Kind of looks like that's true. So Biden finally announces that he is running for president April 25th. A week later, May 6th, Ambassador Marie Yovanovitch is fired. You know, the one that President Trump during the transcript said she's going through something. Yes, she is. Talk about sealed indictments, girlfriend. So according to sources, in June of 2019, Marie Yovanovitch was discovered by OIG Horowitz to have communicated with Perthen within the FBI and the DOJ pertaining to information on Manafort. And that came through the Nellie Orr testimony because Nellie Orr was a corroborate. And like many others, cases are being heard by grand jury charges with charges such as 18 U.S. Code, um, U.S. Code, Article 18 U.S. Code 2381, which is called treason. No qualms about that. And I'm going to tell you something. This article, I wrote it up the day before yesterday. Probably going to drop it tomorrow because I have so much stuff to do today on Friday. So I'm literally walking you through these articles because you're going to know first. I always tell my listeners first. So here's where we go into the circus. Joe Biden, the House Intelligence Committee, the Senate Intelligence Committee, and every single mainstream media outlet knew the conversation that President Trump and President Zelensky had was about an ongoing investigation. And I'm going to play the clip again from Ratcliffe that made it absolutely crystal clear because it's important to remind ourselves the truth. The question is, at this point, given what we have why all the focus on this whistleblower the best evidence of what president trump said to president Zelensky is a transcript of what president trump said to president Zelensky. i'm not casting aspersions on the whistleblowers good faith or their intent 
But a secondhand account of something someone didn't hear isn't as good as the best evidence of what was actually said. And to that point, despite good faith, the whistleblower is in fact wrong uh, in numerous respects. And I know everyone's not going to have time to read the whistleblower's complaint, but the whistleblower says that I am deeply concerned, talking about the president, that there was a serious or flagrant problem, abuse, or violation of the law. The whistleblower then goes on to say, uh, I was not a direct witness to the events described. However, I found my colleagues' accounts of this to be credible. And then talking about those accounts of which this whistleblower complaint is based on, the whistleblower tells us the officials that I spoke with told me, and I was told that, and... I learned from multiple U.S. officials that, and White House officials told me that, and I also learned from multiple U.S. officials that. In other words, all of this is secondhand information. None of it is firsthand information. The whistleblower then goes on to cite additional sources besides those secondhand information. Mark those sources Stahl. happen to include mainstream media. The sources that the whistleblower bases his complaints on include the Washington Post, the New York Times, Politico, The Hill, uh, Bloomberg, ABC News, and others. In other words, much like the Steele dossier, the allegations in the whistleblower's complaints are based on third-hand uh, mainstream media sources rather than first-hand information. The whistleblower also appears to allege crimes not just against um, the president, but says with regard to this scheme to uh, solicit interference from a foreign country in the 2020 election that, quote, the president's personal lawyer, Mr. Rudolph Giuliani, is a central figure in this effort, and Attorney General Barr appears to be involved as well. But buried in a footnote a couple of, page later, a couple of pages later, the whistleblower admits, I do not know the extent to which, if at all, Mr. Giuliani is directly coordinating his efforts on the Ukraine with Attorney General Barr. Because he's not. Attorney General does know because he issued a statement yesterday saying there was no involvement. Um, my point in all of this is, again, the transcript is the best evidence of what we have. And so that the American people are very clear what that transcript relates is legal communications. The United States is allowed to solicit help from a foreign government in an ongoing criminal investigation, which is exactly it, which is exactly what's going on. This is an ongoing criminal investigation that Durham has been issuing subpoenas since 2018. And Joe Biden was not going to throw his hat in the race until he was assured that none of this would come out. But here's the thing. Didn't they claim that President Trump, here's why it was dropped and how it was dropped. Didn't they claim this Russia collusion was that the president colluded with Russia to win the elections against Hillary Clinton? Yes. Didn't they fall flat on their face? Yes. But if they can show, so they set up, Joe Biden is taking one for the team, guys. Pay attention. If they can show that the president is doing this with the Ukraine now to oust Joe Biden because he was going to be the winner, right? Then they've got what? Repeat offender. So, oh, he did it one, fool me once, blah, 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 fool me twice, duh. So this is why they're doing this. Pay attention. We already knew, and they walked right into the trap, right into it. And you know what? 
Who knows? Maybe I concocted the trap. Who knows? Maybe you did. Who knows? Maybe this was planned in 2014. I am telling you now, they walked into this and they are not getting out of it. So whenever you hear someone saying, I don't know if we can hold on to a republic, turn them off. We won. End of story. They are done. And hopefully Zelensky will take the advice of the president of the United States and sit down and have a candid conversation with Putin. But because they knew they fell into this trap, because they knew we know that Daniel Jones is doing it. I'm the only one saying it. I want other people to repeat it. Daniel Jones authored this document. And in the last half hour, I'm going to show you how. And I'm going to tell you how, but here's the why. Why did they do this? Because they dropped it now so leaders don't talk to the president because guess what? Iran is at the table. And if Iran thinks that the president of the United States can't have confidential information, then the talks cease. All right, welcome back. So now here we get into Daniel Jones and Adam Schiff. This is going to be so good. Just pay attention. So I walk you through the timeline, and I told you how this is an investigation and how we have a treaty since 1999 that claims that we will partake, and the treaty includes taking testimony statements of persons, providing documents, records, articles of evidence, serving documents, locating and identifying persons, uh, transferring persons in custody and in testimony for other purposes, executing requests for searches and seizures, assisting in restitution and collection of fines and any other form of assistance not prohibited by the laws and requested of others. And Rudy Giuliani was there as President Trump's attorney after Durham was already there, after Yovanovitch was fired. And like he said on an interview on May 9, 2019, she was fired. He was there to do exactly that, restitution and pursue action against bad actors, against the president as a citizen, Donald J. Trump from back then, all right? So here's where we go. Here's where we go. Here's where it is really good. So yesterday, the president referred, and this is where people are not paying attention, referred to Adam as little, and he even put an apostrophe, little, Right. And I responded yesterday to someone saying, you don't know anything about the Little Kids Foundation now, do ya?" So here is where the expenses were filed as someone that sits on the board because I said little kids. Hey, Rep. Adam Schiff, you love children almost as much as Epstein did. Right. Especially boys. When he files as a man that sits on the board of this glorious company that teaches adults how to massage babies and infants around the world and specifically in Thailand where we have the most uh, child trafficking, right? Malaysia, Thailand, Vietnam, etc. right? So they have like these groups where they teach you how to rub uh, the breasts of a child. Like you're spreading, how does that book go that little kids made? Oh, like you're spreading pepperoni and, and cheese on a pizza. Uh, he filed his expenses for dinner with Strzok and Daniel Jones under little kids. Whoop. So it's never coincidental. It's never, ever coincidental that this happens. I mean, we're going to find the receipts, right? So here we go into Daniel Jones. Let me tell you about this guy. Uh, Daniel Jones's fingerprints are all over the whistleblower complaint. But why now? Now, the only way to defeat any potential or existing enemy is to follow the standing mantra that we know. Know thy enemy. 
The whistleblower complaint is written, formatted, and demonstrates the same cadence previous documents authored by Daniel Jones, uh, his reports, and even the FISA warrant corroboration reports that Daniel J. Jones had a hand in. If you were to ask me, I'd say that PQG, his company, Penn Quarterly Group, or one of his other millions of different little spinoff companies he had, helped formulate this complaint. But then I would have to ask myself, uh, you know, the intelligence community, um, does Daniel J. Jones, OIG of the intelligence community, Mr. McGuire, director of the acting director of the DNI, can you tell me, does Daniel J. Jones still have his clearance? Because remember, he had a black card access. Black card is like no limit, you know, spend. It's kind of like the elitist of access. Well, that is the type of access of clearance that Daniel J. Jones had. So I reached out to my exclusive sources and I asked them to discreetly check on front facing non-invasive systems like, um, you know, you want to enter the building at Langley, you know, security has different coding for what kind of access you have to what rooms, floors, etc. Looks like Daniel J. Jones still has access to those buildings. And guess what? He's got over presidential level. We're talking. SSOs don't always have that access. The president doesn't really have that. I mean, if he asks, he has it because he's the president. But it makes me wonder, how does Daniel J. Jones, who does not work for the government, but has a company that claims to create opposition research and research into, uh, you know, political whatever, whatever, investigative and collating dossiers, because he clearly states that, and, you know, still have his clearance. Where's the, where's HR? What is Gina Haspel doing? Snoring? Hello? Why does he still have a clearance again? But we'll assume that after I publish my article and it makes a couple rounds, uh, you know, we'll find out, you know, why he still has clearance. I mean, I don't believe. Here's what my source at the NRO said. I don't believe his clearance has been terminated, but that's probably because his uh, poly isn't up for renewal yet. And that's true. If your polygraph isn't up for renewal, your clearance kind of stays on file. And that's how people slip through the system all the time, especially if their polygraph is good for 20 years. I mean, you'd be like, what? Isn't it like every four or eight years? Yeah, but not for black heart holders. 20 years, maybe. So that's how he slips through the system. He said people slip through the system all the time. And this individual had the highest clearance anyone can get. He had access to things the president doesn't have access to unless he knows what to ask for. Need to know. This guy had that clearance. Why? Because Daniel Jones, who founded P, 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 PQJ, um, actually was in GQ a long time ago um, as America's uh, one of America's eligible bachelors. And you'll be like, well, who is he? Yeah, he was just like, I think he was on the opposite page of George Clooney. Um, you know, and guess who this guy was? I'm going to tell you who this guy was. He went to college, but he joins AmeriCorp, right, as a middle school teacher, right? And then suddenly from there, he enters the FBI. And you know what's funny? He joins the United States Senate select committee right after only four years in the FBI under the leadership of then chairman Senator Rockefeller and then the incumbent which was Senator Dianne Feinstein uh, when she became chairman of the United States Select Committee on Intelligence and he was her right hand man. So this guy goes from volunteer middle school teacher to leading the deepest probe in the CIA in, in the history of CIA within like five years. Like how is that even 
possible. And the funny thing is, is that AmeriCorps has their own CIA, like no kidding. It doesn't mean what we know it, but they do coin it CIA. Not that one has to do with the government or the other, but maybe the government has to do with them. Because you know what's funny? It's something called non-competitive eligibility. And you know what's really funny? That non-competitive eligibility, it works for tree huggers if they're really tree huggers, right? So people that join AmeriCorps apparently have preference to being hired by U.S. government more than the U.S. Armed Forces. And I quote... If you served with the Peace Corps or AmeriCorps Vista, you may qualify for non-competitive eligibility. This means that a federal agency can hire you outside of the formal competitive job announcement process. Eligibility. This gives you eligibility. You are eligible if you have at least two years of service with the Peace Corps or one year of service with AmeriCorps. AmeriCorps Vista. Excuse me? So you're saying tree huggers have more preference than U.S. veterans? Oh, Maybe they're not really tree huggers. Who knows? Farm, farm, farm. So now we're at the point where they need to know thy enemy. Under the guise of the CIA torture report, Daniel Jones compiled the largest Rolodex of names, faces, locations of covert and public-facing intelligence community operatives across the planet, having the highest clearance anyone can imagine. In 2014, a public release of only 500 pages of the total 6,700 and somewhat page report created the biggest outrage and members of the Senate and the House demanded that the remainder of the report and its finding be destroyed because it compromises the identity of CIA operatives. Then President Barack Hussein Obama completely defended the report's release, claiming it was good to own up to one's mistake, but he also defended the CIA or other intelligence elements who spied on the emails and the work product of the Senate's lead investigator, Daniel J. Jones, in a very clandestine fashion. What does that mean? And I think I should break that down better in my article, too, is that while Daniel Jones was investigating the CIA, there were good spooks that were investigating Daniel Jones. Every single email, every single phone call, text he did during his investigation has been recorded. I mean, after all, you can spy on us and you use the same equipment that we do. That means we can spy on you, too. So Obama's administration figured out that operatives that weren't happy about this probe were also probing the person that was doing the probing. So that means we have everything we need. Huh. Here's what a former NSA senior analyst told me. The actual IC elements' identities who mirrored all of Jones's communications during the course of investigations were never identified. And since no one has come forward with a treasure trove, it's safe. Obama felt comfortable with it. I have seen one report that claims that the collection of Jones's work was done so from U.S. covert assets located in Europe. Those assets are the hardest to trace. It's like undercover DEA agents. Sometimes they forget they are American. They're that good. So in other words, the people that were spying on Daniel Jones, who was spying and recording information, were never detected by Daniel Jones. He doesn't have their names, and most of them were based out of Europe. And they're so good that they forget who they really have allegiance to because that's how deeply embedded they are within the European or Middle Eastern sections that they are at, and they are working, you know, when they're on the Europe or Africa or Middle East desk, right? 
they're that covert, like, you know, the DA agents that snort coke, you know, just to get buddy-buddy with the cartels. So here's the terror that they have. They don't know who has what we have, but it's been so many years that nothing happened. So in November of 2016, right after Hillary Clinton lost the elections, Obama took a hard turn on this stance in respect to the report, and he succumbed to the demand by Daniel Jones, who was no longer working for any administration and already had set up the Penn Quarter Group, right? He succumbed to it, okay? And he did not destroy the documents, as Senator Burr had suggested. Nevertheless, the civilian, Daniel Jones, had so much influence to advocate that at the very minimum that the full document be placed under, oh wait, what was that called? Presidential archives. Because, like I said, there are certain clearances that go undetected when they access presidential archives. Kind of makes sense as to why they electronically removed the telcon that President Trump had because Danny Jones was accessing it, you know, and Barack Hussein Obama said, well, it's important that we declassify this sometime in the future, like a 100 years later or whatever. So um, Daniel Jones said the bar for positive White House action on this is incredibly low. Preserving the full 6,700-page report under Presidential Records Act only ensures the report will not be destroyed. So he was upset that, you know, they didn't unmask everyone. In addition, Dianne Feinstein, she was so pleased that Obama had placed this inquiry that she spearheaded into his presidential election record because she is immortalized. Feinstein applauded the the move that he was going to put it into presidential archives and seal it, you know, with all the names, faces that operate around the planet, making the document a high value target. But that also concerned certain individuals like I said, with the ability to access it. So most documents, as you know, are requested by FOIA. And the same goes for presidential records. But if you file it electronically in your terminal, you, you know, if you try to access a document that's electronic, your terminal will be flagged, okay? But documents like this are also physically held in a non-digital type Iron Mountain. In that case, many people who have access to a hard copy vault would be able to access it and leave no footprint behind. So that would include almost everyone in Washington, D.C., and they would just have to know where it is to go looking for it. So the whistleblower identity by many, many sources and, um, you know, that's coming to fruition, uh, you know, is a guy in the NSC. So the NSC, the National Security Council, could be a bunch of clowns, right? I'm just saying Mark Stahl. I'm just throwing that name out. Um, Daniel Jones himself, Feinstein's right-hand man, crafted the whole complaint, okay? And it has yet to be determined which sucker... They've put in to stand in with this latest grand idea because Daniel Jones was the one that concocted Kavanaugh. That's a different story on its own. We'll talk about that later because that's going to be coming to fruition. Who invented the Kavanaugh story? It was Daniel Jones. So there is proof already from the text between Mark Warner and Bruce Orr and, um, and Adam Waldman that Jones facilitated the steel communications with U.S. officials, period. His name is literally put out there. And I quote, I spoke with Steele. He repeated the same position, which is that he wants to be helpful, but is fearful of the um, 
uh, of the cost, uh, time, stuck, and reputation. He asked me what your concern was about a letter first, and I explained it, but he would like it as a protective step from you and Burr asking him and his partner to assist with the investigation by answering questions. He said he will also speak to Dan Jones, whom he says is take is talking to you, and I pointed out that there's no privilege that in that discussion, although Dan is a good is uh, although Dan is good and very trustworthy guy, I encouraged him again to engage with you for the sake of the truth and the vindication of the dossier. And here is where Dan Jones comes in. Jones is actually the founder of the Democracy Integrity Project, DIP. He refers to the company DIP as a shadow media organization that helped the government. The Democracy Integrity Project is actually a nonprofit that received funding from George Soros, Obama for America, paid firms tied to Diffusion GPS and Christopher Steele. More than 3.8 million went to these clowns. Christopher Steele included in 2017. So the question is why leak it now. Well, it's trust. That is the most important element in any relationship between two people, especially two leaders of nations. The Trump administration is currently in full swing discussions with Iran, among other nations, to reduce terrorism, increase prosperity, promote sovereignty and peace. Why would any leader speak to president, to to our president of the United States, if they know their conversation can't even be kept private? It's kind of funny how Daniel Jones said the same thing when his report was being released. Specifically, he said, nations will have no confidence in being candid and honest if they don't feel that their conversations, actions, or requests are kept private. Oh, dear. Good job, Danny. You came up with that all by yourself. So the leak and the fake news work together to decrease the confidence that leaders have when it comes to confidentiality and discussions with President Trump. Their goal is not to not allow Trump to keep winning. They can't let him remain as president because when it comes out that Biden was working with Misfud under the direction of Obama, Obama will be impeached, which is now inevitable, you guys. And so this is where we're going to it. So I'm really glad that some people found these documents that have been floating around for a while about Dimitri Feist. And in one of the uh, in the documents where Shokin has provided his testimony in the Austrian court, where the Austrian court was being conducted again, where Durham was present back in 2017 after President Trump was inaugurated, I quote, This instance of interference in the Ukraine's affairs by U.S. official to achieve U.S. objectives, barring Dmitry Fest's return to public life in Ukraine, was closely followed by another instance of interference, namely forcing Poroshenko to dismiss me because of my actions and general prosecutor did not suit the interests of U.S. Vice President Biden's and persons connected to him. Oh, Dear, that sounds pretty odd. So as a reminder, North Korea went completely under the radar, our talks. Remember, it was like, oh, my button, your button. And the media ate it right up. They walked right into it. So President Trump couldn't do the same thing with Iran. They learned that trick, right? And so, but the thing is, they couldn't intervene because Kim Jong-un loathed Obama. He couldn't stand him. And this is why they couldn't intervene the way they're intervening now with Iran, because Rouhani, don't forget, got a plane full of cash from Obama right before Obama left. So he's open to taking what side, right? Because one gives him $1.6 billion, the other one's giving him more, you know, sanctions until he submits. 
So the bottom line is the Democrats and the mainstream media just dropped it now because obviously the U.N. was in town. But it's not because of the U.N. It's because they want to tell the world that they're still in control and they control the message. That is basically it. That is all it is. Why else would CNN snip at a doc to make it sound like something else? Why else would they air Adam Schiff, littlekids.com, opening statement where he flat out read his version of the transcript that was totally fabricated? They have the bullhorn, and they believe that by demonstrating that they have control, they will maintain alliances because so many nations have already jumped ship killing, you know, Everything. So this is their way of killing confidentiality, uh, you know, trust um, with conversations with the president. So and you know what? Let's be honest. Damn, that was a good play. You have to give them props, man. That was a damn good play. Hat tip to the Democrats. Danny boy, you really outdid yourself. Kill the confidence. He won't have conversations. Rouhani was in town and they were supposed to meet. Didn't meet because he's scared that President Trump's conversations will leak and he might have problems with his IRGC. I mean, that was smart. But here's the question. How do we return the serve effectively? This is where we at. So I dare anyone out there to change my mind in regards to Danny Jones because he was this. He still has clearance. He was the author of the complaint. He has direct access to the OIG of the intelligence community straight on his cell phone. He could text them and he's considered reliable. So change my mind. If I were to take a guess, Danny Jones, right, wrote this. And let me parse it for you so I can tell you how his fingerprints are totally evident. What official duties, think about it, does this whistleblower have to interact with U.S. officials? So CIA analysts or people that sit in cubicles in the CIA or any analyst for that matter are never referred to a U.S. official unless they're sitting in the House, they're in the Senate, they're ambassador cabinet members were very senior special uh, um, you know, officers of the FBI or CIA. So here's where it says, in the course of my official duties, what are your official duties where you interact with, get this, multiple U.S. government officials that the President of the United States is using power of his office to solicit interference from a foreign country in the 2020 U.S. election. I mean, that is exactly what they said he did with Russia against Hillary. I mean, this is just Let's prove that he keeps doing it. And it says that this interference, among others, is pressuring a foreign country to investigate one of President Maine's domestic political rivals. No, it's not. Joe Biden doesn't have a chance in hell to win. And, you know, today, Hillary Clinton, while I'm on air, was giving speeches out. So we all know who they're going to slot in. Kamala's done. Cory Booker's done. Come on. Elizabeth Warren, totally not likable. That that chick, her ship has sailed. She couldn't even win Massachusetts. She's going to win the United States. Come on. Seriously. She almost lost Massachusetts. That's her stomping ground. She's going to win the United States. Let's be serious. So anyway, the language, though, used in this document from the beginning there is identical as his torture report. Sources at DIP tell me it was eight people he was referencing. But the actual source of the information came from the House Intelligence Committee. What? So he said... um, He said that he met with more than half a dozen. I know that it was eight people 
that he was talking about. And the actual source of information came from Adam Little Kid Schiff. And he even has a dinner receipt from July that he filed under the Little Kids Organization where he had dinner with Daniel Jones and Peter Strzok. Why is Peter Strzok there? Oh, gosh darn it. So anyway, let's go to another portion of this where it's exactly the same. Over the past four months, more than half a dozen U.S. officials have informed me of various facts related to this effort. The information provided herein was relayed to me in the course of official intra-agency business. So what official business do you have with multiple agencies? The only people that would have this is someone that sits on, you know, or works or does things in the National Security Council. How much you want to make a bet that this whistleblower is like an administrative assistant? Because, you know, that's usually the people that they put out into the firing squad. So what official intra-agency business does this person have? We know the CIA is gray, murky, middle ground. FBI is law enforcement, intelligence community, actual intelligence. So what agency's business does this person conduct with so much conviction to say that a criminal investigation that was reported in 2018 is actually election meddling to take out an opponent? It makes absolutely no sense. They already knew Biden was under criminal investigation. They already knew he was in trouble. So he's claiming not only that, but he's also claiming that multiple White House officials with direct knowledge of the call informed me that. So that means he spoke with people from the White House. So who is this guy that is speaking with White House officials? Mike Pence. Who is he talking to, Pence? That's what we need to know. This is what we need to know. How did he supposedly brought pressure to the Ukrainian leader to take actions to help President 2020 election bid? No, he didn't. He doesn't need his help. You're doing all the help we need. You are doing this, and we know you are doing this because we made you do it. See, what is it that, that thing about wives and husbands? The wife always gets her way when she makes the husband think he decided it. And this is exactly what we did. Daniel Jones fluffed the majority of his 6,700 page CIA torture report in the exact verbiage in classified portions. He would beat a beef it up by stating accusatory narratives like multiple CIA official, multiple army officials, multiple Iraqi officials. The writing cadence and method is identical to Daniel Jones. Daniel J. Jones is the go-to guy for Feinstein. He is the go-to guy. Blue Star Strategies is another one. Shell company that works with him. Multi-interdisciplinary international government and public affairs that serves global clients and a company that Joe Biden knows so well. The bottom line is is that how does Jones have his clearance? Why does he have a pass to come and go as he pleases on the Hill who sponsors his all-access pass in the House and the Senate? Feinstein, Adler, Schiff, all of this is coming to the forefront. Not because the USA wants to get, not only because the USA wants to get rid of corruption, but because also other nations are fed up. No NWO for them. So what leads us to this conclusion? Expenses filed, dinners, calls, and Victoria Newland's doffed assistant that has resorted to selling jewelry on Etsy. That should have gone through the farm. If you're going to be an assistant, you should pass them through the farm before she works her desk. Pompeo's really got his work cut out for him. Hopefully you can nudge Gina Haspel from her Sleeping Beauty spell. I'll see you guys all Monday. Have a blessed weekend. God bless.